0: You are locked on Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for a Wednesday. Brian Kamenetzky and Andy Kamenetzky. I got the yes, this is the correct day nod from Andy. That's that's always reassuring. a lot of stuff that we want to get into over the course of today's episode. We're going to open up the mailbag uh, in segments two and three. Some good questions about what the Lakers might have up uh, this summer and what they ought to be doing. Uh, so we'll get to that. I um, want to start, though, Andy, uh, first by reminding people to sign up for our YouTube channel. We get all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, subscribe there. Get the podcast earlier than the web. You know, do it that way. Um, but I want to start. I... I I thought coming into this season that the Lakers had a pretty big margin for error here. Like you know, the gap that they showed that was between them and the other teams last year was significant. They won the title pretty easily in the bubble. All things considered, I'm not saying they're not a championship contender next year if everybody's healthy. But man alive, the window might be getting tighter fast because this group of young players young teams is coming a lot faster than I thought. So the pressure and the competition around the West, we're seeing it with Phoenix, seeing it with Denver. Um, it is coming really quickly. I think it puts a, a massive onus on the Lakers to get something done you know, next year whatever it yep. is, because it, it, it's coming real quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a reminder, first of all, today's episode brought to you by Michelob Ultra. only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned later on in the show. We will be announcing the Ultra Player of the Week. You know, it's funny. I was recently talking about this, Brian, on a, on a radio interview and was asked about like that, that window for the Lakers. And I, I said that I don't want to punt the question, but to some degree... I can't answer this until I see what LeBron and AD look like coming off a much longer offseason than anybody expected on the heels of what was literally the shortest NBA offseason in league history, which undoubtedly played a role, I think, on Anthony Davis starting out the season looking not quite right and that deterioration on his body over the course of the season and with LeBron it, it had nothing to do with his actual injury itself that high ankle sprain but it did have to do with the recovery time mm-hmm. and you know the condensed season and, and his ability to get through all that because that is a difficult injury to deal well, yeah, with because that's
0: the thing it's like you know the, the durability of LeBron is is now you look two, three seasons with the Lakers two of them have had major injuries that caused him to miss time and we say it all the time like your body doesn't know the difference between a you know a groin pull that happens in this you know scheme of things, or like a high ankle sprain that happens because you turn it falling awkwardly, or because you know noted assassin Solomon Hill comes and takes out your legs. Like yes, your body doesn't know the because, difference because Solomon Hill, who should have been banned not just from the NBA but from like overseas play, the big three. Oh. All of it, it was so great. Put him in one of those Tesla rockets and shoot him into space, Andy. Yeah, like absolutely. There's no punishment big but, enough. Well, the punishment um, needs to fit the crime, exactly. <laughs> so we need to invent one. Yes, exactly. I, <laughs> Some type I, of super gulag. <laughs> what, what can we do that's appropriate? Right. It's it's it, 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 it like that is it, like doesn't matter why LeBron turned his ankle and has the high ankle sprain. The fact is now that has happened. And you' and whether it, you know, it gets a different one next year, I think the biggest thing is A LeBron isn't bulletproof and B, no. the, you know, if he does get hurt, you can't expect him to respond and be back in three days to a, a, an injury that would take a normal person three weeks like it used to be with LeBron. That recovery time now is a big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, th- this this injury was severe enough that it might have taken him, more time than we come to expect with LeBron from injuries under any circumstances. But this year was particularly tough. You know, what got us thinking about this was a piece that Kevin Arnovitz wrote for ESPN. As always, like Kevin's work, it's terrific. But basically just about the young generation of players that are coming for the guys like LeBron, Mm -hmm. like Steph. You know, even like... This is the
0: first year. This is the first time in 15 years there won't be LeBron, Steph, or Kobe in the finals. Wow. Which is staggering you know, most I mean, let's be honest take most even, of that is LeBron but you I can mean, take <laughs> it back you can take it back even further and say Duncan
1: or Shaq it's right. crazy like I mean there's been like a handful of players who've been these mainstays you know whether they're retired or whether they're still in the league but either way there there is a crop of young players that are really really good and really taking those step forward and you know as far as the league itself, that's great. As Kevin pointed out, there, there's a challenge that the league is facing in
0: terms of how to properly market those guys. Right, but that's um, but that's a separate separate question, question from, from the what? challenge that they. Because you know, I, I, in in kind of after reading Kevin's piece, I went over and I I just googled best NBA players under 25. Like every every website puts out a list, and I'm not even here to argue about who is higher or lower. I just wanted the names and i found a good one on hoops hype um, which isn't surprising and you go through it and phoenix for example has three guys on it it's Mikhail bridges it's uh, deandre ayton who surely would be ranked higher now than he was at the beginning of the year and um and obviously devin booker you go through denver has jamal murray and and michael porter junior as well as nikola jokic who i think just is like i think he's like 26 now he's, he's hardly an old man um you start to go down through this list and there's John Morant and there's Zion Williamson. And, you know, when you think about what, like I, I wasn't thinking about Phoenix as a title contender this year at the beginning of the year, I wasn't thinking about Utah as a team that was going to be, you know, a title kid, all this stuff going forward. So you have some established teams like the Lakers, the Clippers still there. I know people don't like hearing about it, but they're still there. Um, And all of a sudden, Phoenix is ascending faster and should keep getting better because they have these young players. And, you know, Denver has not just an MVP in Jokic and Jamal Murray, who's great, but this, you know, guy who makes a leap in Michael Porter Jr. They have that third guy to go along with all that depth. They should continue to get better. So, I mean, it's hard to say. The Lakers are set up to get better over time. It's mostly, I think, Andy, how long can LeBron stay good? And, you know, AD maybe gets a little bit better, like, you know, but like he's probably pretty close. Like peak AD probably looks like this.
1: I was thinking about this, Brian. And in terms of internal, uh, you know, internal methods to try to keep up with those young Joneses, you know, beyond. Rob Polinka swinging some type of deal, you know that can't be foreseen right now. They need
0: Talon Horton. Tucker. I wish, by the way, I was cool enough and hip enough to be in some sort of group that like walked around and was known as the Young Joneses. Like in <laughs> even in that context, like I've never been that cool and no. I never will be. But like, I that would, I would argue some swag. Brian, I'd argue you were never that young, much less cool. No, but uh, they born need Talon
1: fifty-two. Yes, you were. Uh, they need Talon Horton Tucker. To make the type of leap that Andrew Bynum took heading into his third year. Because remember, okay. a- Andrew Bynum, that that offseason heading into his third year was the offseason that Kobe spent demanding trades to any media outlet that would listen, which by the way was all of them. That was the same offseason that he was in a parking lot getting filmed, telling mm. total randos that they needed to ship Andrew Bynum's ass out for Jason Kidd. A great, great player, Kobe. Bad. <laughs> yes. But Andrew Bynum took a Mass, massive, massive step forward mm-hmm. that nobody saw coming that sold Kobe on the Lakers ability to contend before, like well before they brought in Powell Gasol. Like Kobe yes. was sold
0: on that. And he was correct when well the, when yeah, he, the Lakers, people forget it. The Lakers were in first place in the Western Conference when they make the, the Gasol deal. That was not like a deal that resurrected their season or something. Like, they were already excellent. Right. So yeah, could
1: that be potentially a lot to ask of Talon Horton Tucker? Sure, but the flip side is, at the time, that
0: seemed like a hell of a lot and totally unrealistic to ask of Andrew Bynum. So you never know. You do never know, but that is a a big ask. It just to me that it, as we sort of settle into all the offseason, he's their only. By the way,
1: he's their only young player. That they really have that you know has that type of uh, Correct. road upside. in front of
0: him, yeah. and he's got a hell of a lot of talent. And this is right, really like, and then, but it gets to this is going to be coming. One of our questions is you know how how much do you spend on him? You know, I mean, he's not sure. guarantee, even guaranteed to be back on the team sure. next year. Um, and so, like, when you look at that, actually is a good segue into like sort of my final point on this. Is as I bang the table and shake my camera. If Rob Polenka's done a nice job of balancing the immediate needs of now, you have a team with LeBron now, you need to win now. With let's not do anything stupid that's gonna, you know, mean three or four or five years down the road, we are absolutely screwed. As they balance the three years down the road, two years down the road flexibility that has always been important to Polinka with a little more risk that's weighted towards this year. I think you got to do it because all of these other teams are going to continue to improve. And it's only, I I just, it it happened a little faster than I expected. And it's, you know, the Lakers are, it's going to be hard to make them significantly better, like you say, with internal improvement, whereas other teams still have all the other mechanisms available to them and ascending players. The Lakers really don't have that. Um, One of the players that people hoped would be ascending and maybe has plateaued, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Uh, lots of questions surrounding Kuz this offseason. We'll talk about him next as we open up Andy the mailbag. Yes, indeed. But it is time first, Brian, for the Michelob
1: player, ultra player of the week. And it is Chris Paul from the Phoenix Suns. And not just because he put up a killer performance in Game 1 of the West Semis against Denver. 21 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists. Dominant fourth quarter where he scored or assisted on 20 of the Suns' 34 fourth quarter points. It's because, Brian, with every game the Suns win, Laker fans can feel a little bit better about
0: what happened in the first <laughs> round against they can Phoenix. They have a little more they have a little more joy well, I'm, I'm being a little serious. more joy. No, it's I, true. The better always, Phoenix
1: does, the better Lakers fans look, can feel. That's true. I always want my teams in this particular case, the Lakers to lose to the eventual champs, if they're going to lose it all. Like it and it's happened by Absolutely. the way with the Lakers over the years, 2003 against San Antonio, 2011 against Dallas, takes away a bit of the sting plus the Suns this team exemplifies joy, passion, happiness in the way they play. They are, objectively speaking, really fun to watch. They remind me a lot of the 2020 Lakers and that I mean, Except
0: Chris Paul, who's definitely joyous. He's more bitches about everything. But that's everybody else very joyous. Yeah, but man, the the overall effect
1: from Chris Paul. Yeah, and I get joy out of watching them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Miklo Ultra, only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success.
0: Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Uh, Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Locker Room Uh, if you are somebody who wants to yell at Andy for picking a non-Laker for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week you can do it Fridays at noon on our Locker Room chat I ain't hiding Nope, that's where we'll be, Fridays, noon Pacific. Uh, The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, insiders in real time about your favorite team, your favorite sport, obviously starting with the Lakers. Again, we'll be hosting rooms once a week for Locked on Lakers, Fridays at noon Pacific. You can join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Uh, So go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest updates. Follow us at Cam Brothers to be notified when our room goes live, which will happen again, Friday's noon Pacific, and you won't want to miss it. See you there, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Got some good stuff, Andy, in the Twitter mailbag, including uh, this one from... At Rob cast six is Kyle Kuzma part of the Lakers core. This was one of a few questions that we got about Kuz. Um, Is Kyle Kuzma part of the Lakers core? He's 25. He improved his rebounding, but was a no show in most of the playoffs. Yeah. Hmm. Um,
1: Yeah. uh, We got another one from uh, Hmm. Kyle, AKA captain Chevrolet. Presumably Um, not
0: Kyle Kuzma.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wants to know our feelings about his own future with the team. But doesn't feel comfortable asking us, right,
0: Kyle? Not so much a burner; it's sort of a third-person kind of semi burner slide into uh, into our. Yeah, podcast. exactly.
1: Uh, it was a, it was a pretty long email. And we appreciate it, but one part of it that stood out to me was when Kyle pointed out. Our bench scoring is largely built around catch-and-shoot players, which certainly works in theories with LeBron and Anthony Davis. But in all bench minutes, or when those two guys are struggling for whatever reason, even brief struggles, we don't have a bench guy to whom we can hand the ball with six seconds left on a broken play and just say, go handle it. Kuz is kind of in this realm, but I'm not sure he's that guy.
0: The first thing I think, I, I have been lower on Kuz. Not down, I think he's a good NBA player. But like I have been lower on Kuz than a lot of other people. Like you go back to his rookie year. Um, particularly when it was always like you had to choose Kuz or Ingram. Like I thought that was a stupid argument, and I don't know why I had to choose, but um <laughs> I'm choose. if I'm gonna choose, I was the gonna obvious. choose Brandon Ingram because oh. he was it was wildly obvious that Ingram was a better player than Coos. Yeah, still is. Um That, you know, but there were people who disagreed and thought Kuz, you know, he averaged 18 points a game and he, you know, whatever, and he had his 16 points a game as a rookie. And he was found money because of where he was drafted, which was 27th, I believe. Yeah. Um, So he felt, he felt like this thing that you found that was going to like blossom into an all-star. And he also, he,
1: I was going to say, he looked the part. Looked the part. looked. The part conducted himself yes. like a star. He had the famous steak dinner with Kobe. Yeah. You know, he had, he had all the, the people, drip. all the right questions, he had the and swag. Love. He had, yes. you know, the the hair dyer on Speed
0: right. Dial. You know. Meanwhile, you know, though, um, he his actual performance <laughs> wasn't so good. Um, you know, the, yeah, well, he I want to be, I, I want to be, be unfair me, I, this let year let let me, because this year, no, okay. I'm getting, I'm getting this year um his performance as a you know a younger player like didn't match sort of the hype around him and then you know his role changes significantly and there's sort of always something and then i think as you i think we're about to say some of the the scoring numbers and this and that this year were a little down and he did not have a a good playoff in terms of an offensive production, <laughs> when they needed him, no. he did some other things well. But they needed him to score points, and he didn't do it. The other stuff, he shot thirty six percent from three point range. He was like you know, like Nathan Mark, or like I'm sorry, like uh, Rob says, he shot the ball better. He his defense improved, his rebounding improved. I actually think he had a pretty good year. I was very yeah. pleased with how Kuz played. But I think at this point, this idea that he could become a, a all of this other stuff and somebody that you can rely on as a scorer, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's that guy. And I think the league from a put the ball on the floor, give the ball, get out of the way, whatever kind of scoring thing that you need from that kind of guy, six man, instant offense, whatever it is, the league has caught up to Kuzma. And I just don't think he's going to be that guy. He's not Vinny John, the microwave Johnson, coming off the bench to score 18 every day, every night. Well, I, I mean, it could be a matter of the league uh, catching up to him. I, I also think, or that he never really was well, that guy. Well, I, once you well, once I, you put him in a, in an appropriate role on a good team,
1: I, I suppose maybe. I mean, what I was going to say is, and you had alluded to this earlier, that Kuz's role has changed a lot mm-hmm. over the years in the NBA with the Lakers. Like he's never had a consistent role forget just season to season to season sometimes within the season his role has changed and the plus to that has been it's forced Kuzma to develop a lot of different skills that he might not have otherwise had he just been told go out there get buckets don't worry about anything else the minus side of it though is you know, you talk about certain players like Lamar Odom was a really high end of this, like a, a jack of all trades, master of none. You know, Lamar was an exceptional Except he was, better, he, was better, he was better at all the sure. stuff than, sure. than Kuzma. Except I was going to say, outside shooting. with that in mind, I think Kuzma is almost like a John of all trades, like a step <laughs> below a jack of all trades. Like it feels like Kuzma has not developed yet the ability to do a lot of different things at once while also being able to score like he's a he is a well-rounded or developing into more of a well-rounded player but he's not well-rounded yet at least in the way where he can actually do it all at the same and, time and, and, or in the same
0: game in the same season and in fairness to him he he had moment, like when he started games he scored more points he had some games this year where he where he really got off and and, and scored no and, and all that and I and I think he it's you're right he like he's a better basketball player today than he was as a rookie I think by a fair amount Absolutely But I I'm still it's still hard to figure out what he does on this team like I don't know if they need a jack of all trades I think they may need more a guy um who can do like one or two things really well, well. I, I here's the thing I mean if if you believe in the three-point
1: shooting Kuzma had for most of the season, not in the playoffs, but most of the season, he was 36%,
0: which is respectable. That's so that's that's good. That is absolutely good enough. It would be better if it were a little higher, but 36% sure. is good enough.
1: Maybe the role for Kuzma would be less of a scorer, more of like a 3 and D wing, 3 and D even light wing, with the starting unit alongside LeBron, alongside AD, and you just start... Thinking of Kuzma less as a scorer, mm-hmm. more as just a guy who does the different things that help a team win. It's like, it's like a less defense first version of Alex Caruso, because there's certain things that Kuz does that uh that Caruso doesn't do. In answering, though, the original questions that we got in this segment, if you're asking me who I think that guy is with the Lakers, as at least as currently constructed, the answer is Dennis Schroeder. That's actually
0: who should be. Yeah, doing but be like, but but on like the you go back to the, the real core question. They asked is is Kyle Kuzma part of the core? No, I understand that, and I, I think I answered that in, in terms of being perhaps a three and D ish type player. I, but see, like, I I think the answer to me, the answer to that question, not I mean, I think now the guy you're right, the guy who's supposed to do the things we thought Kuz would do is Schroeder. right? But in terms of somebody who like is a foundational core piece of what this is going forward. I think the answer depends a lot on what the rest of the league sees as his value, because well, he's I don't think. No, God, no, nobody, no, 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 no. I mean, look, if somebody calls me and says, you know, do you want to trade, you know, Nikola Jokic for <laughs> Anthony Davis? Like, sure. Like nobody's untouchable, but I, I think it's, his foundationalness is, I think, dependent a lot on what you can get for him because at 13 million dollars, which I think is a very good number for the Lakers, I don't think he's overpaid at 13 million for what he does and what they what what he contributed. He's also in that perfect sweet spot for like you package him with like one other thing or two other things and you can get a really good player back who might be more useful. So while I think the Lakers would be more than happy to keep him for the next you know three seasons on that deal that they signed. I also think that um, they would move off of him in a heartbeat if they thought they could, you know, make what could be, you know, it's going to be hard to improve this team. And his contract and his talent is one of the only still marketable things they have. But how much value he has across the league, I think, is a wide open question. I have no idea. Today on the road to the
1: finals, our NBA playoffs coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little more this season. I mean, look, that that proverbial road for Kyle Kuzma, in a lot of ways, it's just how much do you want to travel it with him? Because he obviously has utility and value on this team. And it's pretty sure. clear Frank Vogel trusts him in moments that matter. He's in ways that nobody would have expected
0: before. Sure. Right. He's he, proven
1: I, He's proven yeah. himself trustworthy. Is he a mandatory part of the core moving forward? No, Mm, but no. But but do I think he could be still part of a Lakers contending team over the next three years? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. I I don't think there's no there's just he's just not somebody that you look at and
0: say. He has to be, and that's the difference. All right, let's let's uh, let's keep the mailbag open in our next segment looking at the rotation this year and whether or not the Lakers actually had too much depth. Kind of an interesting question. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Theragun. Don't let
1: the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or somebody like me, an average athlete, but an elite podcaster. Just trying to get through the day tension free, Theragun can help. Theragun, a handheld percussive therapy device, releases your deepest
0: muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated don't, combo don't Theragun of your face. depth. I mean, that's, that's speed. Just because you're a podcast, like, don't be Theragun in your face. I don't Elite. think that's what it's for. Elite, man. I, I need all <laughs> I, that combo of depth, speed, power, <laughs> but it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush.
1: I could use it while doing this podcast and you would mm-hmm. never hear it. The Gen 4 Theragun. Gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy. Goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Theragun app even learns from your behavior and suggests guided routes. We have one of these things, by the way. Yeah, in so our do we. House.
0: Don't use it on your face. We love it. Don't holy, use it. On, it's not made for your face, for your podcasting muscles, Andy. Hell, it's a game changer. It's a, fan, a fantastic machine. Go buy one, by three, but don't, don't use it for your face. Theragun trusted by 250 Professional sports teams like
1: Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George, boo, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of other customers, and elite podcasters like me. Right. Try Theragun it <laughs> for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Again, game changer. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com
0: slash locked on uh locked on Lakers also brought to you by bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season full swing the nhl playoffs the nba playoffs all the playoffs are all going on get the latest news odds and information that you need for all of your sporting needs uh, including ufc and mma there are a lot of those are very popular things that i don't pay attention to uh before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device check out all the great Uh, sign up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Um, 50% off. Welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Again, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, Before we go, Andy, let's do one more thing from the mailbag. This from the Nathan Mark, our friend in New Zealand. Did the Lakers have too many guys who deserved and maybe expected a rotation spot this season? That, to me, is a two-part question um, where deserved and uh, expected are doing different kinds of work and have different answers, but your thoughts? Well, I mean, it's it's an ironic question, given
1: that the playoffs featured an incredibly thin team, really low on dudes, uh, much less one stepping up to overcome the lack of depth. Like, it's hard to really name a standout player for the Lakers uh, in the postseason in general. Right. I think it's a question kind of on two fronts, because in terms of what I think Nathan may be getting at, I mean, I suppose there's the idea of did Frank Vogel have Too many options in front of him and therefore couldn't land on the proper rotation. I don't think that was really the case. I mean, you can disagree with me, but I I don't think that he was basically dealing with like the rotation version of the Cheesecake Factory menu where, you know, there's just so much crap on it and you're just, you can't decide what you want. I
0: I don't, I would love to. I think the Lakers would have been benefiting from the cheesecake. There, there is not a lot on that menu that I don't think is good. Well, that's a solid rotation but it can leave sure but it can
1: leave you paralyzed like you can sp- right. you can spend three hours in the cheesecake oh, i just thought just you meant tidy. that there was a lot
0: of like too much stuff no. like a lot of it wasn't good there was a lot of no. options but none of it's good that would be no. more like the olive garden I,
1: no i meant <laughs> there's so many options and
0: applebee's like yeah, yeah. there's look brian, it's six brian, pages long and i don't want brian, any of it
1: brian shut up there's two people <laughs> locked on network just lost as sponsors Thanks a lot. I meant more the Cheesecake Factory can be paralyzing in the sense it takes too long to decide what you want. Like you can spend three hours and they're not decide
0: what you want. And finally, they tell you, we need that table. Right. And, and But the good news is if you can finally settle on one thing, you can eat it for three days. Right. I don't think that was the case for Frank
1: Vogel. What I think Nathan could be getting at is the idea of basically were guys unhappy with their role because there were so many people to keep happy, and what was the effect of that unhappiness? If you ask me, were there people unhappy with their role? The answer is yes. I mean, Trez made it pretty clear he was often very unhappy with the way he was used. Uh, Mark Gasol wasn't always thrilled with the way he was put out there. Um, but w- did it actually affect what happened on the court? I think the answer is no. Yeah, I don't think it really did. I, I, the more I think about, it, I, I, I think they had. Say what I, you will about Trez's dissatisfaction. That dude busted his ass whenever he was out there. It's
0: so hard to it's very, it's really hard to um to judge this thing because these pieces are only designed and only supposed to be there with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And you know, Markeith Morris, who I don't think is that I mean Kudos to him. He's had a great NBA career and all that. But, like, relative to other players, like, he's not a great player. Um, He is a guy with shortcomings. He played poorly, I think, overall this year. He had a bad year. Um, But they have a bunch of guys who are sort of very role-player. And when you take away the thing that they're all supposed to orbit around, it gets difficult to evaluate what they're supposed to do. You know, Wes Matthews had a bad season for much of the year. The very least was up and down. It was hard to figure out what to do with some of these guys. I mean, Ben McLemore is is not a responsible person's basketball player. <laughs> I read somebody today like um, one of the guys we will we'll do it, obviously, a ton of, on free agency going forward. Um, that you know the lakers might want to look at to solve this shooting problem is as our old friend reggie bullock and like in my head like reggie bullock is ben McLemore for grown ups like yeah. basically is sort of how i think of that good dude on top of the excellent, way excellent 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 guy but he's ben McLemore for grown ups yeah um like players they need players who if not overall are higher skilled they need players who are more skillful at the one thing and I, I think that was part of what got the Lakers into a little bit of trouble is that a lot of times they had too many guys who were kind of too too alike. Um, like not enough guys, like they couldn't really shoot or they had some of the same defensive problems or well, they, whatever. Well, they had guys you know. who
1: were supposed to be shooters. What they did not have, and I mean, I guess it was in some ways supposed to be West this season and it just didn't happen. Or I guess you could say it was Mark Gasol, but it didn't happen enough. They didn't have a knockdown three-point shooter, for example, like when, in what you're talking about. They had a yeah. bunch of guys who shot it well at times or even f- for the season as a whole. Again, take the playoffs
0: out of it. But like Marc Gasol was around 40 or 41 th- uh, but, th- but I think they thought Schroeder could be more than... What I think, right. I agree he, with you, they need and- a knockdown shooter, but they need somebody... It can't be Gasol and it can't be even like Wes Matthews or guys like that. Like, like Those guys can come in and can shoot, but I think what you need is a guy who's going to be on the floor for thirty-five minutes, who can shoot. And well, that they, was, I think, supposed to be Schroeder. Like well, they, also they said be high be hopes for him. It's also supposed yeah, to be Anthony you know, Davis, you're right. and his three-point shooting fell off a cliff. They last need, year. you know, like the addition of somebody like JJ Reddick in his prime, or something like you know dunk, what Duncan Robinson does for Miami, where that guy is always there. It's not like where you're not just bringing him off the bench, and like the specialist comes in, and like okay, go guard that guy, and then in the fourth quarter he's not there.
1: Well, I, um, I mean it, I don't even mean it more in terms of specifically shooting. I'm just talking about what you had said earlier with a g- lot of guys who were alike and there was mm-hmm. even that similarity in terms of the team's overall shooting. Like there there wasn't even the standout guy there b- beyond how much you think he could be on the court in the fourth quarter or whatever. I'm d- I'm talking about just that homogeneity in general in terms of skill sets. That's all.
0: Yeah, and I just I think ultimately in the end like I I thought this was an interesting question just because The answer is obviously they didn't have a ton of talent to Like you take, you know, when those, when, when the stars were hurt, and this is true of every team, but when the stars were hurt, you look at this going, this is a terrible NBA team. Like the fact that they won as much as they did is a testament to how hard they worked and the, the buy in and all the coaching and all that that we've talked about this week. That was a bad NBA team roster wise, talent wise. So I think they need to get better. But the flip side is everything is designed to be what works best with LeBron and AD. And if you take those guys away, the skill sets that make some of these players work around LeBron and AD may not be adequate when those guys aren't there. We've talked about this. Or all of a sudden, you know, the other stuff that they don't do well is really exposed. We've talked about this a lot.
1: KCP. KCP, it is not an accident that the best year he had as a Laker, maybe the best year of his career – Came when he was alongside LeBron and AD because that allowed him to only do the things he's extremely good at
0: and not have to do anything else. Um, all right. So keep the questions coming all summer at the mailbag at Cam Brothers. You can send us emails, Kamanetsky Brothers at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave us- comments. Yes, on the iTunes page for the show, Locked on Lakers on iTunes. Leave us comments and a five-star review. Yeah. Uh, and and make sure to uh, – You can leave a five-star review, by the way, that says you suck, and we'll read it. Just, just leave a five-star, five-star review. Yeah, right. exactly. It's, it's very important. Algorithms. Um And then from there, uh, if you as well, just uh, sign up for the uh, Locked on Lakers YouTube page. Another way mm-hmm. to communicate with us. We try to respond to any comments people leave there. Um, all right. So we're getting still getting some stuff together for the rest of the week and into next set up some great conversations with people. Um, But we always want to hear from you as well. The listener, Friday, uh, noon Pacific locker room app. We'll be tweeting out that as well. We'll see everybody tomorrow.